You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Uh, Hope everybody's enjoying the pictures, the words, the excitement building about the fact that as of right now, plans are in place. And yes, the NFL draft will go on with some restrictions in Cleveland. I think you all deserve it. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's you know not that important this year for Cleveland. That makes it all the more better. Let the city be on the map. Today's episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Check out the website as they have the March Madness bracket going. Vote for your favorite flavor over at BuiltBar.com. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked on Browns. Follow DMs, all that good stuff. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, five-star rating, written review, please and thank you. With the heavy lifting of free agency out of the way, we can shift our eyes to the draft, but we're going to talk about everything. Uh, certainly some NFL draft news today. And who better to sit down and you know churn over the last week than Stephen Thomas at Brown's Mock Draft from the orange and brown report the obr feels weird to say the full name steve buddy what a week and i mean figure about you know exactly one week ago to this time is when it all got kicked off but a hell of a week done by um and you can say it i can say it by young andrew berry oh man the uh the lambda lambda browns are are just kicking ass aren't they i mean we, we we talked about it for months and months and months. We all thought we had at least an idea of who they'd go after, This at least the positional targets. And I think – I don't think it's an understatement to say he blew away pretty much all of our expectations, not only by getting the top guys uh, or at least among the top guys at the positions of need, but the prices that he got them at. I mean, I I, I just have this this vision in my head of – you know, Obi-Wan with the uh, stormtroopers, you don't want $4 million more million. You want to sign right now. You know, I mean, some of the stuff he pulled <laughs> off with John Johnson and Troy Hill, uh, I mean, especially the Troy Hill contract just came out. We finally got the numbers today. That's just amazing. I mean, it's fantastic. And they still have all their flexibility, not only for the future, but to, if they wanted to, if something falls in their lap, they could still make another huge move this year without really having to do much else it's 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 pretty amazing the job that he's done and how much better they already are on paper yeah uh you know whether it was you know obviously the the acquisition of J- johnson and hill which i believe the two of them are on i think what is it like almost seven million dollars for just this season alone um tack mckinley it would have felt weird if they didn't end up with tack mckinley at this point because right. it was just kind of like it was it's kind of like Ross and Rachel. Like eventually they're going to get together. Eventually it's <laughs> going to work out because uh, there was just mutual interest between the two of them. Uh, you know, I, I I just continue to love what they do. You know, when they put together, you know, the Anthony Walker signing. I think everybody, I think everybody's excited about it, but I think everybody kind of partially just kind of really enjoyed BJ Goodson and what he did. 
Um, so understanding that that was the end there. But then as the day went on and you saw a top linebacker in this league in Darius Leonard, and part of the reason why Anthony Walker has to move on is because Darius Leonard is a very, very expensive linebacker and deservedly so. But the lengths he went to to make sure that everybody knew what a great guy he was. Then you just turn around and say, ah, you want to know what? Hey, Malik Jackson, I could use a pass rushing reserve defensive tackle with Super Bowl experience and, and championship game experience. And it just was the, it literally seems like the moves were, hey, here's what we can give you. Look, yeah, everything you're hearing is true. We're cool. We got it going on right now. This is a whole new regime here. I got other guys I got to talk to. So this is our window of opportunity. Otherwise, I've got contracts, similar money, and I can run to similar players. And I I want this done this week. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I noted that – that quote from Darius Leonard, when I wrote about Anthony Walker back in December, he said, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, 80% of who I am is because of Walker, 90% or whatever it was that he said, just effusive. And I remember reading that, taking early looks at the uh, linebackers and thought, huh, he's young, he's athletic, uh, room for improvement, obviously, in several areas, but uh, maybe they see something on film, like a technical uh, footwork thing that oh if we fix this then you know his coverage will be better or something like that and if not again like a lot of the other things and you and I have talked about this in text and stuff if it doesn't work out it's not like they're committed long term it's not like it's going to hurt them or anything and I would also like to throw in uh, not only the the guys they brought in from the outside but bringing back Higgins and bringing back Daryl Hodge that, that kind of went under the radar because he was turning into you know, I mean, not Odell Beckham, but a, a legitimate deep speed threat type guy uh, that could, you know, do the things that we have been talking about all offseason. So bringing him back, if he can get back to health and, and improve on what he did last year, and he seems like the kind of guy that works hard uh, in the offseason and will, that, that could be a, a bigger signing than most of us, myself included, have been giving it credit for since it happened. Well, with the emphasis that was put on last year at the wide receiver position, look, you want the ball, you better body somebody up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're not going to put you on the field. Kaderil Hodge was basically the leader in that. It's always been something he's done. You throw into the fact that he, unlike Tavier Thomas, unlike Tay Davis, he had more than just a role as a special teamer. So you bring him back. And look, you're deep there now. Look, JoJo Natson. That is what it is. I don't think there's anything one way or the other holding JoJo Natson over anybody else that could be brought in in late April as a wide receiver. I think it's something where, hey, you didn't really get a chance here. We still kind of like you. Let's just try and hopefully do it again and see where we're at. But I think just the emphasis and it wasn't like it was just crazy. Let's just get this done as far as, you know, get the bodies in the building. Mm-hmm. It was it was a dance. It was a process. These Methodical. are the guys we are going to target. Okay, if it's him, it's Friday morning. If it's Friday morning, I want an answer by Friday afternoon. If it's John Johnson the third, obviously was by all means he was there. You know, he was their white whale, so to speak. And right. they said Monday, this is what we are going to get done today. And, and I know other teams operate this way, Steve. We're not used to it. You hear about it, you know, you read about it, Adam Schefter and Rap, they all tweet about it, but you, you really got to see it this week where it was, well, you know, what are you selling me? All right, well, here's a decent contract. What am I selling you? 
I'm telling you that we were uh, about three minutes and 32 seconds away from going to the AFC championship game. You want to help us change that? Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, our, our mutual friend here, Mueller often says good teams do good things. And we haven't seen a lot of that around here. So it's still, it's a whole new world for us, man. The whole uh, drafting at 26 is the, is the smallest piece of weirdness from being good. You know, I mean, <laughs> we got to get used to a new way of looking at the cap. We got to get used to a new way of attacking the draft. We got to get used to a new way of, of attacking free agency. And I think they've shown that that is out in full force. And I don't think they're done. And I know you agree with me there. Yep. Um, and then, you know, beyond the draft, I mean, that's the next big thing and, and we're all excited for it, but I am now with a, well, relatively normal off season. I was going to say regular off season, mostly normal off season. I'm curious to see how this front office attacks uh, week four of the preseason with all the waiver and you know the back end of the roster trades and that kind of stuff that we're used to, and then the trade deadline uh, in a uh, well, hopefully contending year. I'm very curious because what they've put on their track record since they came in last January is exemplary at a minimum and so i think if they get to week 10 or wherever the trade deadline is and there there's one spot that's just you know it's not quite championship level but the rest of whether that be a linebacker or a wide receiver or whatever it is i'm very i have no doubt that they're going to attack it in a judicious manner if they think they have a legitimate shot of standing there when the confetti falls in february they will do what they can um without harming the future it's i mean their track record's fantastic to this point and there's no reason to believe it won't continue yeah i mean you know insert pass rusher a well he could be had for a late day two pick early day right. three pick he's a free agent he's got three million dollars left on the deal this year okay well i'd rather i'd rather get him in this fold than have him end up in kansas city Tennessee, whatever mm -hmm. team you want to use, the king is going to be contending for that same spot in the AFC Championship game. Some draft news today. Um, you know, this is with pro days. We're going to go through these things without a combine. We're going to get to that stuff here in a minute. Stephen Thomas from the OBR joining your host, Jeff Lloyd, on your Monday edition of Locked On Browns. Just because football season is over does not mean your appetite for sports wagering has to end. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we at Locked On Trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Obviously, the NCAA tournament has been nuts to this point. The NBA. The NHL, MLB, about 10 days away. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Biggest draft news of the day today, Steve. Um, cornerback Caleb Farley. Out of Virginia Tech, uh, thought to be a draft <clears throat> darling. We've mentioned this young man before as far as how would he fit under a draft board, uh, you know, based, you know, with a lot of analytics. We still have no idea what they're going to think about players who didn't play in the 2020 season. Uh, but now we're talking about a young man, Stephen, who's now going to have a second back procedure. 
Um, and Stephen could probably tell you here, you don't want a first BRAC procedure because usually a first <laughs> back procedure leads to a second, then leads to a third, then there's a cleanup. And then the next thing you know, unless it's 85 degrees outside, you can't get off your goddamn couch. Obviously, Caleb Farley's a lot younger than that. But we will not get pro day numbers. He did not play in the 2020 college football season. Now there are two back procedures and an ACL on the medical chart for a guy like Caleb Farley. The first thing I think, Steve, and I did put out this tweet today, is if you look at this with any understanding of analytics is it's about checking boxes. And it's it's one thing to not have the boxes checked in understanding COVID, but these are one, two, three. For me, if you're using an analytic lens, this screams, no, 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 no. It's like signing up for a mortgage, not knowing the percentage rate you're paying and not knowing how many years you got, you, you have to pay it off. Analytically, he is now a, sorry, all probably off the board because somebody's going to draft him a lot higher than they would. You would think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I tend to agree. Like you said, we still don't know. I mean, we've only got one year sample size, so, you know, he could shock us all, but I'm, I'm with you, especially for two reasons. One, it's day one draft capital. We're not talking about a guy you're, you, you know, I pick 132. That's a whole different ball game. You can take shots and take chances and gamble and that sort of thing. A day one, player top 100 player really but especially a day one player you want to become in an at minimum heavily rotate if not immediately take over a, a starting spot and for a guy like Caleb Farley with that many things and the same goes for Jalen Phillips unfortunately I, mm-hmm. I it's I don't think the risk is worth it they might feel differently but if you in the early part of your window let's say they take a chance on one of those two guys and God forbid these young men suffer injuries that, and their career is over at age 22, which nobody wants to see happen. I mean, first of all, that's terrible for them. But from a, a Brown team's per, team perspective, you've now basically taken a $100 bill uh, and chucked it down the well because you're not getting anything from your first-round pick this year for the next five years of your window. So the other reason that I would not – uh, that I would, I'm with you. That it seems highly unlikely that he would be on their board. Is that there are other corners in that same range that don't have these type of issues? If there was nobody, if there was three corners and then a huge gap, and and no no other cornerbacks, you know, until early day three on any board that we've seen, well, then maybe you got to take a shot at the guy because you really, really have a need out there. Despite what some people on Brown's Twitter are trying to say they have to find at least one or two more corners. Um, but that's not the case. There's our guy, Fatu Malafanu, there's Greg Newsom. there's, I mean, name it, from anywhere from 25 to 75 or 40 to 90, depending on which board you look at, there's probably six or eight guys that they might be interested in that could step in and play that role. So why would you take that kind of a gamble on back injury is serious, ACL could be serious as well, even though he's young when he suffered it, when there are other guys that don't have those issues. It, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm totally with you. I don't think he's in the conversation. Well, I'll have to wait and see, but I would be surprised if that's the route they went. And, and the other thing is no time speed. Um, and we still have no idea how an analytic front is going to say, well, this young man has not played a football game since December right. of 2019. Wild this card. guy hasn't we- played a football game, Steve. 
but since before COVID. So it's, you know, I mean, just to, right. where we're at, it's crazy, crazy to think that. Um, and the other thing is with Farley is the reason you were looking for an outside cornerback right now is, Steve, you kind of already have this problem in the building. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not to put any more on Greedy Williams, but the reason you may be looking to spend 26, 59, asterisk, yes, guys, those are the picks they currently hold. Who knows if they'll take them is you're looking to basically ensure or double up. If everything's fine with Greedy, it's Greedy. You're loaded at quarterback. Right. But now you can get back to the point where you're missing two cornerbacks, one a former second-round pick, one possibly a first-round pick, and we're right back to activating Robert Jackson off the practice squad so he can start in a meaningful game. Yeah, absolutely. As much as uh, as exciting as it was when Greedy made that announcement uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, whenever it was, it was pretty recent. People seem to forget he followed it up, and if you read the article, he himself, his words, sixty percent back. So it's not like he's ready. And none of it means a hill of beans until he hits somebody. Exactly, he's not even hundred percent right now. It looks like he's trending towards being okay for camp, but until he gets out there and takes a couple dings on that shoulder and everything, it, greedy has to be looked at. And and if he hears this, we're all rooting for him. I mean, nobody is saying we don't want him. I mean, God, it would be fantastic. We we all like the pick. We know what we think he can be. But until he goes, he has to be looked at as a bonus at this point, you know? So if you go out and spend, let's say it's 26, let's say they grab whoever, name your favorite corner at 26 and he comes in and like you said, greedy comes back healthy. Well, well crap. Now it's a, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches at the position. And if you grab another guy in a third round, fourth round, fifth round, he, he can be eased in. He's gravy at this point. Add that to your three versatile safeties. And you're really talking about having something there, but I just don't think you can quote unquote count on greedy as part of your planning at this point. I, because if you do and things go wrong, let's say they sign Gary and Conley, he's coming off a year off after injury yep. too. Gary and Conley's Same the thing. thing. So I, you you're counting quote unquote on those two guys and saying, Oh, we don't need to draft a corner early. I, that doesn't, I mean, maybe they will. I, you know, they got more information in that building than I do. I would be very, very surprised if at least one, maybe two of the early picks uh, are not corner, you know, barring a, another move or, or a trade or something like that between now and April 29th. But yeah, I, I, there's so many talented corners in this class. I, I just don't see taking that kind of a gamble with a piece it's a valuable piece of capital. Day one picks are huge capital, whether they trade down out of it or whatever you do with it, you got to get some kind of return out of that giant coin in your pocket. And if you don't in your Super Bowl window, it can really, really be a hindrance. Well, and the other thing is, is you can't necessarily be assured that you have your, your true second edge on this roster yet. So mm-hmm. if they were to take a cornerback that early, that tells you, they may not be so sold on Greedy and his health and understanding mm-hmm. that they have to double up there as well. Uh, another thing, um, Devontae Smith, and I, I, I don't understand because there seems to be a lot of shock and awe about this. If you ever watched Devontae Smith play, did you really think the kid weighed more than a buck seventy? Look, I mean, I get that body frame. I have that body frame. 
I'm 47 years old. I may weigh a pound or two more Monday morning because I drank and ate like a fat bastard all weekend. But yeah, that stuff go, you know, any amount of activity, I'm right back to, there's just frames that can't add weight. If your issue is with Devontae Smith that you're going to, and Steve, this goes back to the old adage of don't count it twice. If you thought this kid was close to 200 pounds, then you just weren't watching. You you really just weren't watching. His arms are kind of long for his frame, which means he can't really build them up. You know, like we talk about these offensive linemen, oh, my God, tackle only did, you know, 17 reps. Well, when you can smack somebody from across the street, bench press (laughs) usually isn't your thing. And Devontae Smith does have decent arm length. But, I mean, the fact that people are, like, all of a sudden, like, the shock and awe of the fact that – and I'll say he's the best receiver in this class just because, again, with players not playing a season, I don't know what that does. I think Jamar Chase is fantastic. I'm glad the Browns don't have to make this decision. But, I mean, to sit here and act like it's some shock that Devontae Smith only weighs 170 pounds, what tape were y'all watching? I mean, the kid is tiny. Yeah, and 170 pounds soaking wet with two pockets full of nickels, if we're being uh, if we're well, being won't real be honest. For very long. That might be generous. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you just looked at him on the sideline. He looked like somebody's little brother. You know, you're going to take Devontae and let him play. Mom, I don't want him to play. <laughs> I mean, that that's what he looked like standing next to some of those Alabama linemen. But then he steps out on the field and the little brother kicks your ass all over the field. That's That was what he, he did. So if you liked him before, I mean, you and I, we have this every year. There's Oh, I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. And then he tests really fast and they go, oh, well, now I'd take him in the first round. You moved him three <laughs> rounds over a 40 time. It's it's sort of the same concept. You're going to drop a guy two rounds or a round or something because he weighs 170 instead of 185. Now, I, I get a guy at 170 in the NFL is big and fast and strong as these guys are, and they keep getting bigger and faster and stronger. I get the the fear of you know, an injury, a guy that size, I understand it. But like you said, this isn't a new thing. If you were fearful of that and you weren't going to draft him because of it, you knew that in November. So why is there all this discussion today? It makes no sense to me. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the weirdness that goes through obviously the NFL draft, but here's the thing though. Now, if he said, you know, I weigh 170 right now, but he's not doing anything else at his pro day. If he went out there, and blazed a 439. Oh, who cares? 170's mm-hmm. fine. So, I mean, it's, you know, and good for him. I mean, and look, does Devontae Smith have to work out? <laughs> Absolutely Hell not. Hell no. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, and, he, and he can say, you know what? How many receivers from this school have gone in the first round, past couple of years? Put on the tape. Anybody do what I did? Anybody? If they didn't, yeah, let's not worry about it. But, uh, you know, hey, look, just because. Of COVID, no combine, doesn't mean we still don't get some normalcy to the draft process. And that's obviously what you got here with Devontae Smith checking in and admitting he only weighs 170 pounds. Who cares? The kid is good. It'll be a problem if somebody can catch him. We got some listener questions that we're going to get to here to close it on out as we take it to segment three. Again, the OBRs. Stephen Thomas joining Jeff Lloyd here on your Monday, Locked on Browns. The improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. Currently 18 amazing flavors, including nut 
and non-nut flavors. Six currently new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your Cherry Barcia bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bunch of listener questions here, as I do appreciate you all fine folks for all of this. Always helping out. And guys, look, there's been a lot of feedback the last couple of days. And please uh, just understand, this is my favorite time of the year. This is obviously, you know, the time of the year where the show, it's A, where it started because there was nothing positive to talk about in season. Um, But now it's, you know, this year it's been fun. It's kind of like, well, you know, what topping do you want on this fantastic ice cream sundae we're about to eat? A little bit different. Um, Two green browns pod. With the news about Caleb Farley today, does he come into play now at 26? No. Sorry, guys. Oh, <laughs> I just don't see it happening. Um, this one, Browns bites, and this is another one. Sorry to give it to you, and I'll give this one to Steve. Do the Browns value linebacker enough to take one in round one? Uh, I, I would be very surprised. Um you never say never. And, you know, we only have a one-year sample size with this front office. And they've got a pretty damn good uh, free agency. So they're not really, you know, searching for needs, you know, uh, at this point. And so it opens up Their some possibilities. Is most likely not going to be a starter if everything goes right. I, I, I will say this, I think, and you know this, I, I haven't been as high on the wide receiver at 26 train as everybody else. I think the additions they've made make it, a little more possible. And if they come through with a couple more big names, it becomes even more possible. But I, w- I would be very, very surprised if they spent day one draft capital on a true off ball linebacker. Now, if you're talking about somebody like JOK, who's listed as a linebacker, but is really more of a hybrid type, you know, safety playing linebacker type guy that I, I think, yeah, they, they might do that. But if you're, if you're talking about a, Zayvon Collins, who I love, I love Zayvon Collins, uh, or um, uh, Nick Bolton, or you know whoever, name your guy who's a traditional well, Nick linebacker. Bolton today he didn't test like a he did not test like a round one linebacker. Yeah, it's very weird the the Missouri testing numbers and the Pitt testing numbers across the board. Uh, I know everybody they was running in mud. I, that, yeah, everybody was on Jalen Twyman when he and they were terrible numbers. I mean, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. But it wasn't like everybody else at Pitt's pro day was blazing and he was the only one slow. They were all. I mean, Paris Ford had awful numbers. They they all did. So I'm I'm not a conspiracy guy, but you know maybe it was you know the 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 turf was so I don't know something was up at Pitt that day. It just because it just doesn't track with what you see on tape. But to get back to answering the question. You never say never. It would floor me if they spent 26 on a traditional off-ball linebacker. 
Uh, I'm just going to say there would probably be things thrown in the Lloyd House. <laughs> Violently <laughs> thrown in the Lloyd House. You're starting linebackers, folks, and the linebackers are going to take the majority of the reps are here. Mm-hmm. It's Mr. Walker. It's Mr. Phillips. It's Taki Taki. It's Malcolm Smith. Everybody else. And, yes, I know. Yes, him. You're playing special teams, kids. That's where it's going to be. Um, let's see here next. Um, AJZ20. Um, obviously, I, we really don't have to answer this, but Rashad Bateman, a possibility at 26? Yeah. Uh, that window is is probably a little more open than it was previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, JMac4, trade down partners. Steve, for me, and every time I keep looking at mock drafts, I, I, I don't want to point out necessarily teams but what i want to say is is i think teams looking for an offensive tackle teams that maybe drafted one two three four those might be the teams and any of these teams who possibly address the quarterback position might be saying hey let's make sure we're protecting our investment here and those might be the teams and that might be your wiggle room if you want to get out of 26 it certainly could be wide receiver as well but offensive tackle, wide receiver, things that may not be significantly high on the Browns draft board, and you get a call from, say, Tampa Bay at 32, or you know Jacksonville, whatever, the Giants, somebody looking to get back up to 26. Those might be the phone calls you're looking to receive. Yeah, I would say mid-30s to early, maybe mid-40s, depending on what you consider mid. Um would be the sweet spot because those are teams there. Well, not all of them, but there are a number of teams in that range that not only have extra third round picks that they might be able to give up, but they're it's far enough down that you can demand future pro uh, future assets and, uh, and not be out of line. You know, I mean, you can get uh, like Carolina 39 and, and 74 or 73 or wherever they are. That's a nice combo. You know, Denver and Detroit at 41 and 72 or wherever they are, something like that. Miami's got a million picks. You know, they might be be willing to give up uh, 36 and 50 if there's a guy they love or 36, 80, whatever they have. And next year's three, you know, whatever, something like that. Um, I don't think they're going to trade down just to trade down, because unlike um, like the first year of Sashi Brown, the idea was to just gather picks, gather as many as you possibly can create a war chest now it's about creating the most value so if the browns are sitting there at 26 and nobody on the board really trips their trigger but somebody like you said is banging on their door saying we want insert name of offensive tackle or wide receiver or whoever it happens to be he he can really he's really in a great position because he can hold their feet to the fire because they're the ones initiating the contact and he can not only you know improve the number of top 100 picks that we have this year, but keep building for the future because they've, as everybody knows, they've got a lot of contracts coming up for big, big extensions. So they're going to need to refill the draft pick coffers and add some cheaper talent uh, to the bottom of the roster that can uh, come in and, and help for the re- back for the back end of this Super Bowl window. So yeah, I, I I'd say anywhere from the jets at 34 to the giants at 42, maybe another pick but if you're going beyond 40 i got to get a two next year maybe a one depending on what else is coming but at least a two next year if i'm dropping that far if i'm only going to 34 or the dolphins at 36 or something like that 
you could you could get away without giving me something for next year. But if I'm going beyond 40, you're giving up one of the first two rounds next year or no deal. I I, I agree. I it's and I think is between edge between cornerback and if you want to put wide receiver in there maybe at if you want to split up the first 75 percent between edge and corner and maybe leave a leftover quarter for wide receiver i think there'll be a flavor that wets wets the appetite there available at 26 but again if it's hey we'll take any one of these five or six guys we're totally comfortable with that oh wait a minute i can replenish my pockets and i still got beer money for next week Certainly, I agree. Question could happen, and this is just again, Mr. Jared Mueller. Good people, good teams do good things. Mm-hmm. Smart people do smart things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve, besides the Cleveland Browns, what have you had your eye on this past week? Where you kind of said, "Okay, they're doing some things." Okay, I like that. For me, the Giants. You can spend all the money you want. Uh, it comes down to one thing: is Daniel Jones the dude or not? Right. And here's what's going to happen. If Daniel Jones isn't the dude, Dave Gettleman, it's been swell, but the Giants are going to be on to another general manager. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, active and I think done pretty well, actually. The other, th- the, the other team that really interests me, and I'm sorry to just move on right away, but That's the okay. Patriots right? made... Oh, what are you doing at quarterback? Well, Is that's it the thing. Really it looks to me... and. It's hard to say this without sounding conspiracy-like, but if you step back and take the, you know, the Belichick and the Patriot way and the mystique and all that, and just look at it on the face of it, it looks like they're setting up for one of two things, a big trade up for, for one of the quarterbacks they love in the draft or Deshaun Watson, you know, and, and, but that, with that, the, the thing that's going on with Deshaun Watson, I have no idea what to make of it. Uh, but it's so bizarre and it's got to give a team pause no matter what, but let's for the sake of this discussion, take that out of it. All the moves the Patriots have made. Now they trade for Deshaun Watson, you know, a week ago before all this stuff came out. Think about that team with Deshaun Watson and all those additions. It just, it just made perfect sense. Now I have no idea, but they're, they're a fascinating team because yeah, I'm not, there are people out there bashing Cam Newton, and I just don't understand why they're doing it. He, maybe he's not the same guy he was five years ago, but I, I, I just don't know that that Hoodie at his age is going to go out without making one more run and throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it. And that seems to be the only move left would be to, to bring uh, uh, Deshaun Watson from the Texans. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, you're telling me Bill Belichick is not sitting in that office right now knowing Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl with another franchise mm. saying, you know, crack, you know, the two hands together, cracking all the knuckles going, all right. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, Bill Belichick is just not wired that way. Uh, we're going to put a ball on this. Hope everybody enjoyed your Monday episode of locked on Browns brought to you by the fine folks at built bar. Remember locked 15 builtbar.com. Get 50% off your next purchase. He is Stephen Thomas, part of the fantastic team over at the OBR. Make sure you're following all of them. Make sure you're following Steve at Browns Mock Draft. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore. 
Lloyd, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. that's. It. I probably should know that after a fucking decade, right, guys? Uh, at Locked On Browns, follow back account, DMs open, all that good stuff. Wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's uh, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, leave the five star rating, leave a big juicy written review, please and thank you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.